From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is uh, Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for July 18th, 2023. It is Open Championship uh, Week, the final major of the year. I cannot believe that time flies, and I cannot believe that Trey Wingo is on the show right now. Trey will be hosting Peacock's uh, Open Championship All Access presented by T-Mobile for Business alongside Billy Ray Brown. Trey, welcome to Teeing It Up. Well, first of all, Jeremy, great to be with you. Second of all, where in the swamps of Jersey are you? And I love the homage to Bruce. Uh, the uh, uh, Freehold area, actually, Freehold Colts Neck area. I'm um, actually, he's he's a he lives about 20 minutes from me. It's not that far away. There you go. But thank so you. Like pretty much a, a driver five iron wedge. Something like that. Might be two drivers and then a five iron. <laughs> Something like that. Um, I don't know who spends more time in Maui, you or uh, my friend uh, Mark Rolfin, but but you are an absolute golf addict. You are a golf nut. So to host what is being described as a as a whip around show, which instantly for me sees NFL red zone, you must be really yeah. psyched for this. I am, and, and first of all, Rolf is not only a friend of mine but a neighbor of mine. So <laughs> I run into Mark whenever he's there all the time, and yeah. Whenever I'm not in Maui, I say to myself, how fast can I get back? So, uh, Rolf, Rolf is the absolute best. But, yeah, look, this is going to be so much fun. Um, the guys that called me about this uh, were two guys that I worked with forever at ESPN, a guy named Mark Loomis and Tom Archer. Loomy and I did seven years of uh, U.S. Open and Open Championship coverage at ESPN, and Tom Archer was one of the all-time greats at ESPN for many, many years, and now they're they're working with NBC and the Golf Channel, so they called and said, do you want to do this? And I was like, absolutely. And the idea of the, the red zone, I think, is 100% correct. You know, we're in this sort of era of big-time uh, alternative broadcasts with the Manning cast, and, you know, ESPN is doing a billion of these things, with the K-Rod show and all this kind of stuff. But it was the Red Zone that really started this. And to me, you know, I will say this, I think the Red Zone channel, when they launched it, what, in 2006 or 2008, I can't remember, was maybe the single greatest advancement in broadcast television in the last 20 years. And uh, Scott is a friend of mine who does a great job over there. So, yeah, the idea of this being sort of a whip-around show, let's go here, let's go there, let's bring in guests, let's, let's uh, talk about this. To me, it's fantastic. It, to me, it's a combination of sort of the Manning cast and the Red Zone, and we're going to do it in a way that you guys, Jeremy, if all golf fans do it. They, you know, the way they watch while they talk about it, and that's sort of the the, the way that Billy Ray and I are going to go through this. And I just cannot wait to get started. It'll be on Peacock Thursday and Friday for the first and second rounds from uh, ten to three Eastern time. What do you hope? Because you have access here to. The main telecast, featured groups, featured holes, the range cam. What do you hope people take away from this? What do you hope that experience is? Is it really, you know, having that all-access pass on the ground that you wish you could have, but you just can't sort of deal? Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, that's absolutely part of it. But, like, to me, this should be about a way to appreciate the game and show your love for the game in a way that's just a little different. You know, mm. Mike, Mike Tirico, who I've worked with for many years at ESPN and before he went to NBC, and was just one of the best to ever do it. He and I are very close. He's he's going to do awesome. This is going to be more of a situation where, you know, 
how you and your friends either, if you're really diehard sitting around a bar at 6 a.m. to watch the, uh, the Open Championship, or more likely having a few people over, you know, during the day, or if you're in the UK and you're having a few clients watching it, like, just have that sort of very relaxed conversation. You know, it's just funny, I just, I have to say this. Like, when, when I when I first got to ESPN, they gave me the 6 o'clock sports center, and they, they, they released a, uh, a, they came out with a press release, and they talked about Trey Wingo's conversational style of doing this. I'm like, that's sort of what we're doing yeah. all these years later. It's yeah. just we're going to have a conversation while the golf is going on. Oh, let's take a look at that. Let's go over here. Meanwhile, what the hell was that? How did that shot get over there? I mean, that's what it's going to be. And I, it's going to be so much fun. I, I just can't wait. Uh, uh, Trey Wingo here on uh, Teeing It Up. Uh, it, it, it it should be a lot of fun, and I think for this championship in 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 uh, specifically, it works to your benefit because you have these people waking up. And if somebody goes out and you covered Hoylake in uh, 2014, if somebody does come out and shoot 64 or 65, they may say, "Wait a second! Now I'm seeing rain and you know 20 mile per hour winds. How did this person do it?" And this is where you and uh, BR can step in and say, hey, here's the highlight reel. Here's how it happened. Right, exactly. And, and that's the one thing that's great about the Open, or if you're a player, maybe sometimes not so great. You know, you are at the mercy of the weather. And in a lot of these seaside courses and links courses, that weather will come in and it will change things dramatically. You know, as we're having this conversation, I'm watching live from the Open on the Golf Channel and just a little promo and one of the things they showed was the Open from 2002, where Tiger Woods had two really, really good rounds. And going into Saturday, he went out in the worst of it. And I think he shot an 80 or an 81. I, I believe it was 81. Uh, yeah. Yeah, one, one of the worst rounds of his career. And, you know, it took him out of the tournament. It was just, it, there was no way around it, you know. I mean, there was one shot, I remember, K.J. Choi hiding behind a, uh, a grandstand <laughs> waiting to hit because the rain and the wind was so strong. Like that, that's part of the narrative here, right? And that's part of the narrative of every Open. For example, uh, the first Open Championship we covered for ESPN, and I say we you know, collectively at the time, right. uh, was 2010 at the Old Course. And Rory, I think, shot a 64 or a 63 on the first day and was all primed. And then the wind came in when he went out, and he shot, he shot an eight. And people were like, well, Rory, you know, he had more major yet, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't anything that was roaring, he just played in the worst of it. You know, and that loop, the loop at the, at the old course is so exposed, those four holes out there at the far end of the golf course. You're at the mercy of the weather. Like, this, the, the last Open that ESPN covered was 2015 also at the old course in St. Andrews, and they actually stopped play because of the wind. Yeah, there's high winds. You stop play because of the wind. Well, uh, <laughs> I can probably, I can, it's ridiculous. I have a video... Uh, on my phone of why they stopped the wind because it was so it was blowing so hard we took a cup and a bottle of water and we took the bottle of water and held it two inches above the cup and tried <laughs> to pour it into the cup not a drop of water went into the cup because the wind was blowing so hard so that's that's always going to be the story of one of these uh, of, of these open championships, and you're just going to have to roll with it. And I'm sure I'll tell that story ad nauseum if the weather gets bad on Thursday and Friday. Trey Wingo here. He will host Open Championship All Access Thursday and Friday, uh, ten to three on Peacock. It is presented by T-Mobile for Business. 
Trey, you were at Hoy, like as you said, in 2014. What about this course specifically stands out specifically? We have obviously this uh, brand new uh, 17th hole, which nobody's played yet. But what right. from 2014 is that lasting memory? Because we have Tiger in 06 when it was baked. Rory in yeah. 2014 when, when he got that crowning achievement. What, you know, what in your head sticks out? Well, the, the first thing, and I think that has not changed, is that the first three holes are an absolute gauntlet. For example, like you said, Tiger in 2006 and Rory in 2014. Um, those two played the first three holes for the week combined three over par. So you you got to just survive the first three holes at Hoylake. You know, they do have, it's very unusual, they have two fives on the back, which is very unusual for a uh, for an open championship course, and it ends with a par five. Uh, the other thing, you mentioned the 17th hole, I think it's going to play at 136 yards, which yeah. is the shortest hole we've had at an open since 1995, when uh, one of those holes in the loop, I believe, played shorter uh, at the old course when John Daly won it in a playoff with Constantino Roca. Um, but it's, it's just... You have to find a way to hang on. And then the 18th hole, which is a par 5, but the out-of-bounds, like, it's inside. What's weird about the 18th hole at Hoylake, or Royal Liverpool, however you want to call it, the out-of-bounds are literally inside the golf course. Like, it's not off the golf course. Yeah, there, there's a lot of bounds. There's a, yeah, there's a white fence down the right side, which is inside the golf course, but if you're on that white fence, it's out-of-bounds. So, you know, the, the idea of something very dramatic or something very, you know, Greek tragedy happening on the 18th hole is really in play because of that fencing along the right side of the fairway. I think it was Michael Kim who posted this yesterday to uh, uh, Twitter. He took a picture of that. That um, internal out of bounds is so tight it is so tight it's not michael kim it's somebody else it is so tight it does not take much to get over there and if you get on the wrong wind or if you get on a gust you are in big trouble and um your uh colleague mike Tarico was saying on the air today on a live from that that he thinks that if you're four back going to 15t that you are still in this if you have a strong finish post and wait and I think he's making a really valid point with how much doom there is, both on 17 with the cavernous bunkers and 18 with internal out-of-bounds. Yeah, well, the 17th hole is interesting, right? Because people are going to say, oh, it's so short, it's so crazy. Well, from 136, for people, and, and I know you know this, and I think maybe a lot of your uh, your listeners know this, um, if the average tour pro from 136 yards hits it to about 20 feet, okay? If you're 20 feet, on the 17th hole, it could roll off the back, it could roll off the left, it could roll off the right, it could roll off the front. Like, it is, it, it's a living embodiment of a hole that doesn't have to be long to be difficult. And, Amen. It, you know, especially if there's wind and there's rain that you have to factor into it, 136 yards, you know, what's, what's the 17th at Sawgrass? You know, what's 12 at Augusta? Uh, you know, what's 12 in Muirfield Village? They're not long holes, but they can absolutely blank you, if you know what I mean. Yes, they they can uh, send your score backwards in a heartbeat. Trey Wingo's with us here on uh, Teeing It Up. Rory is obviously going to be the one that gets so much attention, both for what he did in 14 and because he won last week. 
I think, especially with the Saturday forecast and obviously weather forecast, you you know it from having been over there. I'm not quite sure how uh, reliable in quotes. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, that 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 is. But it looks like Saturday could be the day. And there's two yeah. guys that that I have highlighted for and and you know some of this is is obvious slash random. Denny McCarthy because of how good of a putter he is, and Victor Hovland for how piercing his ball flight is. Um, yeah. So as you now sit here, you know, uh, two days before the uh, championship opens, where's your head on on, on who you're liking or leaning or favoriting or however you want to put it? Well, let's start with Rory, right? Because obviously he comes off the win last week in pretty bad conditions on Sunday at the Scottish Open, the Genesis Scottish Open. But it's not just that he won. What did he do? He made 30 putts on 17 and 18. And if you followed him over the last year and a half, you know as well as I do that... uh, That's not what's been happening. (laughs) The putter has... Yeah, right. The putter has held him back. You you go back to last year's Open Championship when he he finished third, actually, by Cam Smith and and, uh, Cameron Young. You know, he played under par, he didn't have a bogey, he didn't pre-putt a single green, and he lost. Okay, that's almost impossible to do because the putter wasn't working. What did we see at the U.S. Open at LACC? You know, he, he missed a six-footer on the front side uh, for a birdie, and then he made bogey on the easiest hole in the back nine, I think it was 14, when everyone else was eating it up. The putter has held him back, right? So... The thing I take away if I'm Rory, I made two clutch plus on 17 and 18 to not only win the tournament, but rip the heart out of Robert McIntyre's guy. He thought he potentially was at least going to be in a playoff, yeah. you know, on his home turf. So if, if I'm Rory, that's great. But what is Rory's greatest strength? It is clearly the driving of the golf ball. Well, when Tiger won in 2006, in four rounds, he pulled out the driver one Once. time. Now, granted... That had something to do with the weather, as as the folks in the UK like to say, it was biscuit brown <laughs> that week. It was it was baked out, so he didn't have to. But I don't think there's a lot of places on this course where the driver is going to be the best part of your game and the best part of your, the best glove in your bag. So, um, you know, does that neutralize him a little bit? Maybe. You mentioned Cameron Smith. There's not a better putter on the planet, like. I, Danny McCarthy's a great putter, don't get me wrong. But, like, Cameron Smith won the Open last year, not only because he put well on the green, the putt he made on the road hole on 17 uh, to get around the bunker was unbelievable. Insane. Insane. Yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't just his putting on the green, it was his use of the putter to get him out of treacherous situations. That, uh, that enabled him to make that great up and down on 17, when we thought that might be the, the hole where he sort of uh, makes a mistake and gets back into it. You know, whenever John Rahm is in the tournament, because I, I do believe when he's on his game, no one is better. You have mm. to look at him. But I'll, I'll give you a couple other ones which I find are very interesting. And I know this is one guy that probably not a lot of people are talking about when you look at the Open Championships and what's going on right now. But let's talk about Scotty Scheffler for a second. Okay? <laughs> All right? The last... Uh, where is it? i got to find this... Um, the last couple of, uh, I think he last finished outside the top 12 years ago. (laughs) He has been, he has been amazingly consistent. 
And, uh, you know, like, he's going to be right. Scotty Scheffler's last finish, worse than T12, happened during week seven of the 2022 NFL season. He's oh going to gosh. be I mean, he's, he's going to be around, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'll give you another one. And, and this is one of these numbers that can be sort of uh, interpreted a million different ways. Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay is the only player to finish in the top 15 in each of the last five men's majors, which sounds great. But he's never been closer than five shots off the lead heading into the final round. So Cantlay is hmm. one of those guys that is always going to be around the top of the leaderboard. But does he have the ability to get to where he could really win? That's a fascinating question, and and yeah. and and I think having Joe Lacava on on the bag is a big boost for him in that regard. Yep. I also Joe Lacava, love him, and and I think that he actually hurts Brooks Kepka and his chances because they'll be paired Thursday, Friday. And there's nothing love. There is nothing Brooksy hates more than a slow golfer. Well, he, he might have hated Bryson DeChambeau in 2021 more, but other, other than that, I agree with you. <laughs> yes. yes, probably. Uh, Trey Wingo's with us. Trey, I'm a lifelong diehard Jets fan. I've had some uh, hard times, to say the least, yeah. in, in, in my lifetime. I'm, I'll, I'll be 35 in, a, in a five days. Um, I, I fear... Wait, did you just say you'll be 35 in five days? Yes. I, I, I okay. turn... There are so many Jet fans that are like, brother, hold my beer. Okay? <laughs> Super Bowl three, bro. Super Bowl three. You weren't alive. I was not alive. I was not alive. But, but all, so all I've had is, you know, some people have seen great things. I have not. Um, it, I fear Brett Favre 2.0. I crave that Mr. Rogers will take us to the promised land. I, it, where do you fall on this? This is a very difficult thing for me to say to you, so I want to make sure I say this carefully. Okay. There's no reason why it shouldn't work, but I'm not sure it will. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you, right? Like, as you know, as a Jets fan, like uh, one of my good friends, uh, Stu Dots. Yeah. He's like, no, he always says, Trey, no matter who the Jets pick a quarterback, I assume it will be the wrong one. <laughs> you, know, you know, you mentioned Darnold in 2018, and obviously Brett Favre when he went there and they didn't make the playoffs. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm very curious to see what happens if they don't get off to a great start, and I think that's very possible. It's a tough. Be it's a uh, tough division. Yeah. The division is as, it's as tough as any division of football right now. And it's a tough like, part of the schedule, too. It's a very tough part of the schedule. And, you know, people are sort of brushing by this because it's all a love affair right now. Right? The Jets are so happy that Aaron Rodgers is there. And if we're honest about it, Aaron Rodgers is so happy because he's getting the love. Right? It's all the love. It's, all, it's this one big, great, let's hug each other out. It's all wonderful. But that's easy to do when you haven't laced them up and played a game. Yes. And, you know, a couple of years ago, was it five years ago, when the, the Packers got off to a tough start and Aaron went on a local show and said, I just have a message for everybody, R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> and everyone said, you bet, 100%. Uh, I totally agree with you in Green Bay. That will not fly in New York. If 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 he says R E L A X, they're like, no, bro, screw that. We've been waiting forever. 
You're supposed to be the savior. Get it done. And, you know, people have given me grief about that a couple of times, about how, you know, this, uh, you know, he's been around national media forever, so it shouldn't be a problem in New York. The media coverage in Green Bay could not be more different than the media coverage in New York City, which is not to say people like uh, Jason Wilde and Rob DeMossi, who do a great job covering the Packers, it's just a different tone. Yeah. It's a different manner. It's a different dynamic. He will not be treated with kick gloves in any way, shape, or form. You know, those guys need to write headlines, and they'll find a way to make it as tough as possible if it doesn't start in New York. I want to see that. Like, like my biggest thing about Zach Wilson had nothing to do with his ability. He said, this kid is from a small town in, in Utah, went to BYU. Nothing could be farther from a small town in Utah and BYU than New York City. And, you know, part of Zach's problem was he didn't understand that part of the job. And it, it got to him. Like, that, the game where, you know, after the game, I, I can't remember who was, they asked him, but do you feel like you owe the defense an apology? And he said, no, like, no, bro, that's the wrong answer. Even if you don't believe it, you say, absolutely, we didn't play well, it's up to me. Yeah. Like, a quarterback can always do two things. Whenever, he, whenever the team wins, defer all the prints. Whenever you lose, take all the blame. Zach didn't understand that. And that's one of the reasons he failed in New York. And that's one of the reasons that uh, Mr. Rogers is in, and hopefully his last round of golf was in Tahoe last weekend, and now he'll be focused on football the rest of the way, and hopefully I mean, only and, as Mark As Mark Murphy, the president of, this, uh, of the Packers, said, he's, what was, what was his phrasing? Not a peculiar fella. He's a complicated fella. <laughs> yes. And I think that's a very accurate description of Aaron Rodgers. I think I think it is um, the you know the the whole thing with the darkness and all that jazz. I mean, it's it's and the whole thing. Yeah, I've been immunized. He's like, well, I'm waiting for you guys to ask the next question. And that's right. And and they should have done a follow up. He's 100 right. But you don't say that without hoping you don't get called on it. Like, yeah. He can say, oh, I just said that. no. If you were honest about it, you just would have said, no, I'm not vaccinated. But this is what I did. But he didn't want to do that. Like he, he wanted to be coy about it. And that unusualness will not work in New York with that media. They will be relentless, and I Bingo. hope and I hope that Bingo. this flies through. Uh, Trey Wingo, uh, he will be hosting Open Championship All Access alongside Billy Ray Brown Thursday and Friday on Peacock from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern Time. This has been a joy. Thank you so much for coming on Teeing It Up. I really, really appreciate it. Jeremy, no problem. Uh, it's great to talk to you, and uh, I appreciate all the nice words, and, and hopefully we'll have some fun afterwards. And if you ever need me, just let me know. Sounds good. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this edition of uh, Teeing Up with Jeremy Schilling.